Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mr. Hicks Sports Podcast. We are here getting it in once again, time and time again. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been a rough, rough couple of days. Uh, but we are here back on the saddle, back in the saddle, back on the horse, whatever you want to call it, so we can start recording these shows again. Uh, shout out to my guy, Chris Gilbert, a gentleman I went to high school with and uh, has been a, a big supporter of the show, having recorded the last couple of days. He's like, hey, man, uh, I, I, I've... I'm dedicated to listening to the show, and you need to be dedicated to making the damn show. And uh, I appreciate him's uh, that kick in the pants. You remind me that uh, I de- I'm dedicating myself to doing this, and I'm going to keep doing it. Thank you, Chris. And uh, this one's for you. So, NBA show today. Going to be talking about the NBA finals. I want to do so with respect. And when I say I'm going to do so with respect, I mean like I am an observational podcaster. What that means is I love sports. I like watching sports i like talking about sports i like talking trash about sports and i'm trying to make a thing of it what i'm not going to do is to pretend to be an expert i'm going to observe i'm going to talk about what i observe with respect that i know that i don't know what the hell i'm talking about even the things that i think i do know what i'm talking about a little i know only so much and because I only know so much, I'm going to have fun with it. When, you know, hopefully there'll be some back and forth on these type of things uh, with, with those people that I know that listen to the show. Give me some feedback. Let me know the type of things that I can church up and make better. I would appreciate that. So talking about the NBA finals, and I'm noticing um, that, uh, you know, we always know about the Warriors, the three-point shooting is going to be a big deal. And that the fact that Boston is a great defensive team, and I appreciate great defense. As a matter of fact, I think I didn't realize how good a defense that the Miami Heat and the Celtics were playing against each other until the Celtics came to play the Warriors and they shut down the Warriors in that fourth quarter of that first game. The Boston Celtics scored 40 points in that in that fourth quarter while the Warriors scored 16. Like, you don't just shut down the Warriors like that. That's pretty crazy. And uh, so, uh, big shout out to Jason Tatum and uh, Marcus Smart, a man that uh, really doesn't get enough uh, respect for it. And finally did so. I think he was defensive player of the year this year, can guard multiple positions. Good for him for getting that recognition and really uh, shutting down the perimeter during that first game. Uh, Boston, however, they, they they had kind of an aberration when it came to their shooting. So they, like for example, Al Horford shot, had 26 points and was six of eight from three. Getting a little reverb here. Hold on. He was six of eight for three. That is uh, uncharacteristics, shall we say. He's not somebody that usually shoots that well. And good for him that he shot well when it was needed to, but that's not something that's sustainable. You cannot expect Al Horford to to, to do that. And then there was a gentleman named Derek White, a person who I had never heard of before and didn't know was an NBA basketball player. Decent story. Apparently started off in like Division II, like, uh, uh, no one, no one ever heard of university and uh, transferred. Played one year of D one, I want to say at Purdue, and then was drafted either second round or free agent. And really, when I tell you, he really showed out. So for somebody no one's ever heard of, he decided to have himself a day. Twenty one points, five of eight shooting uh, from three point range, and coming off the bench. By the way, the Celtic bench scored thirty two points. And White had 21 of them, so good for him. So my point to that, though, is like that was – yes, great defense was played, but they shot the hell 
out of the basketball for a team that does generally not shoot the hell out of the basketball. That's not really sustainable. One thing that I've noticed in these playoffs is that there's been wild swings from game to game, not like winning and losing, but like blowout to blowout. Like one team will win and win by 25, and then the other team will win the next game two days later and win by 30. I've never seen anything like this. But it's like, is it is it the defense? Is it the lack of perimeter shooting? Some team just gets hot. Is it uh, defensive adjustments? Those basketball heads out there, those of you who are really better at uh, dissecting this than I am, please let me know when you see me. When you want to, you want to throw something to the um, to the Twitter page at me. Let me know what's going on here because this is one of the things that's kind of a head scratcher to me. To me, if you're in the NBA Finals, you're the two best teams in basketball. Shouldn't the games be close? Like, shouldn't the games be close one-to-one? Be like, you know, two, three points at most, not 30? 30 seems ridiculous to me. You know, my my not really an, an NBA head, just kind of enjoying the basketball game and not really understanding how that's happening. Somebody please give me an idea what that's, what that's about. So, um, second game was... Uh, Hold on. Oh, yeah. Hold on. So the Warriors, this is what happens when I don't type my show out. If I type my show out, it goes a lot smoother. Got to make sure to do that next time. The Warriors shooting was really particularly uh, bad. Your boy Draymond Green. Draymond Green runs his mouth a lot. He talks a lot of trash. He does a lot of punky stuff on the uh, during the game. That is one of the things where it's like, yeah, he's a jerk, but when he's on your team, he's your jerk. And you kind of appreciate him a little bit more. When he's on the other team, he's just a jerk. So Draymond had a, a whole four points on two of 12 shooting. When you have something like that, you're, you're taking good shots away from other people. He was 0 of 3, 0 of 4, excuse me, 0 of 4 on his three-pointers and 0 of 3 from his from the three, like from, from for, for the free throws. So it's like he's one of those guys where it's like he gets paid a lot to be a glue guy and to do the little things that you like for players to do. But there's a lot of money for what he does sometimes. Like he's great for that team and he's really integral to what that team does. But I remember uh, specifically um, a player talking about that when he was with the Cavaliers and they played against a played against a, uh, um, uh, Iman Shumpert. He was talking about when they played the Warriors in the final. And he said when they didn't have Draymond, Draymond is their backbone. He's like the heart and soul of this team. And he said basically it's like it was like going to, to a fight and um, beating somebody up, knowing his big brother wasn't going to come help him. And the, the, the rest of the team was like, he was like the only tough person on the team. So like, so I understand he has his role, but when you take a lot of shots and they don't go down and you lose and you're really not that dude offensively, I feel like that a lot of that onus is on you. Uh, the bench had all 31 points. I had um, nine from Jordan Poole, a guy that I expected to have a lot from this series, and 12 from uh, Wilt Chamberlain's son, Otto Porter. I will contend to the day I die that Otto Porter is Wilt Chamberlain's son. If you have never done that, you got to look that up. Look up Otto Porter and Wilt Chamberlain, and they'll show you pictures of those two people side by side. You can't tell me that's not his daddy. I'm, I'm just to, to the day I die. You can't have a book out. Talking about how you you slept with ten thousand women in your lifetime, and not for no six nine dudes to show up in the NBA in twenty years. That's kind of just a pretty much just the odds, isn't it? It's going you're gonna put one out. Just kind of has to after a while. All right, so game two, game two was a really was a different story, and as far as I'm concerned, it was really kind of 
back to or up to what I thought the series was going to be. Um, and for example, Al Horford had all of two points in the second game, uh, as did Marcus Smart. For as good a defense that he plays, he had a whole two points in the second game. The bench had 38. They needed it because uh, several of the starters, there was like two points, two points, and four points. Uh, that center, um, whatever that center's dude is, I, I hope he is very good at uh, centering because he's not giving you any buckets, not one game one or game two. They shot, uh, they, they got a, a whole 88 points, and they shot 37% from the floor. Meanwhile, the Warriors shot 45% as a team. Draymond had 9-5 with 7 assists. Steph, 29 points, 5 of 12 shooting from 3. Jordan Poole came through with 17 off the bench, 5 of 9 from 3. And um, the defensive stopper, one of my favorite players of the, this new generation, Gary Payton the second. It was back in the game. Didn't score a whole lot of points. I think he did put in about nine points, but he was really that defensive stopper on the perimeter they needed him to be. Team had 36 bench points. So, Warriors win by 19 after losing by almost that, by more than that game before. Like I was talking about before, big swings. Big swings, one of the main reasons I think that you're going to have big swings in a game like this is going to be just a experience. Experience and coaching. Remember, there's this... Warriors team together has an exceptional amount of hour of game time in the playoffs, uh, in the just in the finals, not just in the playoffs, in the finals. Whereas the the Celtics and Jason Tatum and that group of people, they 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 had no finals experience before this series. So, understandably, there's they're going to be able to bounce back and make adjustments in the second game in ways that young guys are probably not going to be prepared for. They're going to be, be able to prepare in different ways, having been there and understanding what it takes to 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 run the back to backs, not back to backs, but to, to to manage the travel, to manage the practices, to manage their 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 rest and their energy and all those things. But not just that. You got to remember, Steve Kerr is an elite coach. He's an elite coach, and the wild talented, the Celtics new coach. Um, Umoka, I want to say his name is Udon, Udon, uh, Ike Udana. Yeah, I'll figure that out. Uh, he is a first-year NBA coach, and he is coaching up against Steve Kerr, who has three NBA championships. So uh, there's a big difference there when it comes to experience and the ability to make defensive adjustments from game to game. So uh, speaking of defense, uh, I have a great deal of respect for defense in any sport, because I feel like all the rules are always made for the offense. More scoring, more scoring, more scoring. Make it harder and harder. Play great defense while making it harder for the defense to actually play effective defense. And I'm not I'm talking about in every sport this happens. So, so to give you an example, how I, was like, I grew up in an era where people used to play real defense and they had to actually play like man defense in the NBA, you know, man to man defense in the NBA every single game. Um, now they can play zone. So because of the three-pointers, because of the spacing, because there's no hand check, you just you just can't stay in front of anybody anymore. It's damn near impossible. So I'll give you an example. Last year, the Lakers had, if you can believe this, the Lakers had the number one defense in the league as, as measured by uh, points per possession. So it was basically, uh, it was 106 points per 100 possessions of basketball. That was number one in the league. So 10 years ago, 
that same metrics of 106 points for 100 possessions would have been 19th in the NBA. The scoring has been ridiculous. I mean, I remember when I was coming up, it was probably too much, but it was like, there would be like 75, 80-point games sometimes. And that was kind of like the norm because people used to slap each other around. Um, So, you know, Draymond's doing the Draymond thing where he's like, you know, plucky and chippy and elbows and talking smack and, you know, doing that thing. And he's, as much as I like who he is as uh, being authentic and being a leader, it rankles. It's, it's, it's getting kind of old for me. And uh, not the fact that he's doing it, but the way he talks about it and the way he talks, it just, you can see it on the sideline. You can see it on the plate. It's got to get on everybody's nerves. I mean, it's on my nerves and I'm just watching. So, Mike, the reason why I mean I respect guys who play great defense. So you're you're you know you're Draymond Greens, you're Pat Bevs, you're Jimmy Butler. Put some respect on Jimmy Butler's name now. By the way, it's time for you to start really realizing that man is uh is is, is playing Hall of Fame caliber uh, basketball and defense. I think he's on that level. Uh, the the Morris brothers, uh, Morris Mar- Morris and Markeith, I want to say their names are. Uh, th- those guys are known for being like you know real tough guys, and. Um, to me, it's all fake toughness. It's all fake. And um, I'm not saying they're not tough human beings or tough men, but it's not tough basketball anymore. It's just not. And I'll tell you why. They're, because in the 80s, in the 90s, there were no flagrant fouls. Unless blood was drawn, nobody really cared. And in the playoffs, you was going to get knocked around. You, you do that plucky stuff that Draymond's doing right there, somebody was going to get some teeth out your mouth. There was going to, there was, somebody was going to smack fire out you on the basketball court. Not no John and hold me back, dog. Uh, don't, 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 hold, mm-mm, mm-mm. Somebody was going to give you this work. You were going to get two pieces of biscuit. Mac, 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 mac. You was going to get this work. So, so, so let me get, take you back to the 1980s, to the 1990s, to some names that you might not know. But for those old school basketball heads, you know who these dudes are. How about Mr. Charles Oakley, Antonio Daniels? Remember Vernon Mad Maxwell from the Houston Rockets, Anthony Mason from the New York Knicks, Xavier McDaniel from almost every NBA team coming off the bench and just 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 mean mugging people and just like the man. These people were just elbows and elbows and attitude. All they did was just. There's this rebound, play defense, and they were basically there to have fouls. That's all they were there for. And and and, and this happened in hockey. This happens in baseball, where you send somebody in there to throw, to, to throw, just to throw at somebody. Men used to handle their business when dudes used to get chippy and dudes used to do stupid stuff. They would send in the goons. They do this in the hockey. They do it in basketball. There was a couple dude, a couple bros down the end of that bench that the only job was to come in there and foul the good Jesus out of somebody for getting crazy. Somebody took a swing at your star player. We're going to take a swing at you, dog. You're going to hit this floor a few times before you learn to stop doing what you're doing. And they don't let you do that anymore. So, like, to me, it's like if, if, if they're not going to let you swing, they used to swing, dog. I remember Danny Ainge had had it with Bill Lambeer. I mean, like, they had some dudes on those Detroit Pistons teams that didn't care about your life. I talk about this all the time. Like, they had a they had a policy for the Detroit Pistons that you can only call a foul on one person at a time. So when Michael Jordan used to come down, like, acting like he was going to dunk on everybody, uh, three people would punch him in the chest, and they could still only call one foul. 
So the officials had to look around like, uh, let's see, like Scotty, you ain't had one. Not not Scotty, but um, Dennis, you ain't had one in a while. And they would just have to basically just just take turns giving fouls out to people because they were all going to foul you. And then after a while, you learn Michael Jordan was like, eh, I don't know if I want to keep doing that. And then he got in the gym one summer and came back 25 pounds bigger and whooped him. But um, but yeah, that's that's what it came down to. It came down to somebody was going to really hurt you. I remember very specifically uh, Charles Barkley got tired of Shaquille O'Neal and just punched him, just like swung, open-handed, but like open-handed, like mushed him and then Shaq punched back and like they were like they was they were really fighting there were real fights and then it was like all right nobody got suspended nobody got kicked out they got right back at it but you had to back people off just like a pitcher had to own a certain corner and somebody's crowding that plate you gotta play him with a little chin music get in the back off the plate a little bit give you your space these young boys out here i feel like they just they, they don't have no respect because nothing can really happen to them they know the refs are going to come in and they're going to blow the whistle. They know somebody's going to come grab them. And it's just, it's it's fake. It's not real. You know what I mean? Like, so if you so if you can't, if you're not really, really to throw no bowls out there, bowls out there, Draymond, Pat Bev, whatever, just, just, just play your defense, man. It's really not that serious. So enjoying the series as, so, as it has been. Um, glad to be back at this. Appreciate everybody for listening. I am out.